Welcome to this talk from the Canon Do Zen Meditation Center. Located in Mountain View, California, Canon Do's meditation practice is open to the public. For more information or to get in touch with us, you can visit our website at canondo.org. That's K-A-N-N-O-N-D-O dot O-R-G. Our speaker tonight is Umar, who I think most of you know. He's been with us at Conando for many, many years and has been a very active member wearing many hats, an ordained priest. He's our Eno, he's our work leader, often our doshi. And tonight, Umar, your topic for tonight, do you have a title? So, yes, I have a title. It's called Make Effort. Make Effort. Okay. Thank you. So, good evening. I hope everybody's doing well, as well as we can all can be doing. So, <clears throat> just wanted to share a little bit today about what's been going on. So, for... For 15 years, the lock combo for opening the Canyon Duo shed was 4-18-36. <laughs> On Sunday, January 15, 2023, during Canyon Do's annual temple cleaning day, this lock seized up and it had to be swapped. Two weeks ago, driving home from Zazen at Canyon Do, Morning Zazen. So two weeks ago, driving home from Morning Zazen at Canindo, at sun broke through the clouds and the rain stopped. Next to the lake in Newark, sun was heating up the wet trees, the fences, the sidewalk. A gentle soft steam was rising from them and vanishing into the thin air. And I thought to myself, time like water evaporates when treated inattentively. Fifteen years have gone by in a flash. Looking back to 2007, I arrived at Kenindo attending morning sittings, Wednesday night talks, Saturday program, attending, scheduling, and managing AT machines. Lately, I've been meditating on this question, why do human beings ruminate about the past? Is it to feel good or is it a memory? Is memory a fundamental response to danger? Few years back, I asked my uncle from Texas, when was the last time you visited Karachi? And he replied, 35 years ago. I asked him, don't you miss Karachi, Karachi friends and relatives? He smilingly said, I want to leave my memories alone. In a flash, I realized it was me who was attached to my past and not him. So I went onto YouTube and social media, looked up photos, videos of old friends, relatives, and old local stomping grounds in Karachi. And guess what? Stomping grounds had changed. Relatives had passed away. Friends had matured and had children of their own. Yesterday, one of my cousins from Long Island texted me a 20-year-old picture of me with her two children. 
I had full I had a full head of hair and I was looking away from the, the camera due to my lack of internal confidence back then. Looking at this picture, I realized how I too had changed. There is this old Zen story called the Muddy Road. Tanjan and Akido were once traveling together down a muddy road. A heavy rain was still falling. Coming around the bend, these two monks met a lovely girl in a silk kimono and sash, unable to cross the intersection. Come on, girl, said Tanjan at once. Lifting her in his arms, he carried her over the mud. Akito did not speak to Tanjan again until that night and they, um, when they reached the lodging temple. Akito could no longer restrain himself. We monks don't go near females, he told Tanjan, especially young and lo lovely ones. It is dangerous. Why did you do that? <clears throat> I left the girl there said Tanjan, are you still carrying her? On reading this story, I realized how as humans, we get attached to our past, our identity, dharma, and forgetting the old, and forget the old Buddhist teaching. Only constant in life is change. A lot has changed in the seven, past seven months. On June 25th, 20, in 2022, I was honored with the responsibility of priest robes. Wearing priest robes in, was a comedy of errors in the beginnings. Doorknobs and door handles would get caught on the robe sleeves. Left and right, I was opening drawers, doors and drawers without intending to. Sometimes I would sit on the robe sleeves and could not move. Wearing robes led to a deeper realization of the practice. One needs to be deliberate. One needs to be deliberately present and needs to slow down. End of August 22, a small group of us from Kenindo attended a week-long practice retreat at Green Gulch, work practice retreat. While reciting the loving-kindness meditation during the morning ceremony, a feeling of disbelief and gratitude came over me asking, who is this person? And how is he so fortunate to be sitting with these people reciting the sutra? In November of 2022, our teacher, Les K, after 50 years of dedicated practice and service to Kenindo, retired due to health and family circumstances. At this time, I had some health issues too, and was prescribed a heavy course of antibiotics. These drugs made me feel mushy and exhausted. On Saturday mornings during ceremony, the simple lighting of incense, chanting, and prostrations would leave me drained. Few Saturdays ago, I went down into a full prostration and my mind said, you're not coming back. Rising up, I saw the Buddha statue on the Zendo altar and his hands, his hand gestures were saying, be gentle and flow. So I got up and continued with the bows. 
In the past two months, whenever I have felt weak during the Saturday morning ceremonies, I think back to less doing doshi bows after going through months of chemotherapy or how Suzuki Roshi kept on going. During my run at Kenendo, I have given five talks, including this one, all of the same thing, saying my life has been uncertain, unpredictable, and chaotic. All I have done is made an effort. Zen practice has not fortified my ego or made me special in any manner. Rather, it has taught me these lessons. My practice and my effort is my responsibility. Only constant in life is change. And to get out of my own way, I need to let go of my past attachments, identities, hangups, so I can enjoy and care for what is in front of me. Thank you. So we're open to comments and questions to Umar after his, his talk. I'll go first. Yes, Diane. Thanks, Omar. You're welcome. Um, I'm thinking about what you said about Green Gulch and when you were having a little bit of difficulty bowing at the Zendo. Was it Reb Anderson that told you you didn't have to do the full bow if you absolutely could not? And how how cared for you felt and how um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, during uh, the memorial service for Suzuki Roshi, we were doing full prostrations and I was having my legs had just gone so tight and I was just dehydrated and I couldn't do full prostration. So Reb came and stand, stood on my left hand side and he did the same thing. He, um, he he stood like three feet away from me and he he also did standing prostrations with me. And it was just like, oh, I'm gonna give you support since you, you were having a real hard time doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was really nice of him to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I have seen you over the past six months grow lighter if that makes sense you you have a lightness about you so i think what you just shared with us obviously you've shed a lot of heavy stuff and baggage you were carrying around and you seem it's it's visible it's obvious and and i applaud you for all your hard hard work it's it's hard to let go of past. It certainly comes up for me often. Mm. Um, it's amazing how something will come up and I'll think of something of my childhood, especially when I'm trying to do something difficult, like my dancing, where I should just be free and happy and just enjoy it. 
I start telling myself, you're, you're not doing this right, you can't do this, you're a klutz, you're awkward, you're... And you know, that voice is coming from the past. And, yeah. and it's not today, it's not what's, it's not real for today. I'm a different person than I was then. So thank you for reminding us how our, our holding on to the past impedes us so, so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, when we say to ourselves that, oh, I'm not attractive enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not short enough, or I'm not, you know, thin enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, and just like the list, you can sit down and make a list of 200 things or 300 things that you're not enough, you know, and it will just, it does nothing, you know, you're just judging yourself. And uh, so, you know, judging judging yourself really doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's just, it's, it just gets in the way of what you need to be doing. So uh, the, <laughs> what's the point? I mean, it's just like if um, I think um, I remember... Um, I think, I don't know who it was, he said, uh, he or she said, that let go and let God. I think it's that's the kind of sort of concept that we have. It's just like when even in Zazen, when we let go, I think it just, it just makes things a little bit easier. Something opens up mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's harder. It's harder to have... Uh, I think one of the hardest thing that I've come to understand is it's the hardest thing is to have compassion for yourself rather than having compassion for other people. Yeah, and you have to start kind of sort of start with yourself and put yourself on uh, at the end of the line. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Dan. How are you, Umar? Hi, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> two, two things come to mind about you. Uh -huh. One, I remember, uh, I don't know, when you first started at Conando, eight, ten years ago, it was one of the first talks you ever gave. Maybe it was the first talk. Mm -hmm. And I guess you were working at Best Buy or a video store or something. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about your travails in trying to get people to understand what you were saying. And a couple of times you said, some people didn't even think I knew how to speak English. And I realized I, I do get a kick out of listening to your talks because there's such a refreshing gust of self depreciation and not taking yourself too seriously and being able to laugh at things that other people would squirm about and that is a unique capacity you have to be that self-effacing and almost comic in the way you relate things. That's, that's my first reaction. And second reaction is maybe it was a few years ago and we were out after uh, sitting in the garden. I was looking at you and you were looking, I thought at me, but actually you're looking past me 
up to the top of the Zendo and there was a light fixture and the bulb had burnt out. And I was making what I thought was an utterly profound Dharmic point, but you were just looking past me at that damn light bulb. And at a certain point I said, hey, I'm not getting through to you, am I? And then you said, I wonder who's gonna fix that. I loved it. I thought, you know, I was utterly into myself and what I wanted to convey. And I thought I was making a point of seismic significance and you were uh, paying attention to everyday stuff. I admire it. I enjoy your company. Thank you. Um, I was going to share something. Uh, uh, it's it's funny. It's it's like sometimes sometimes like you said. You know, I've laughed at things, and and it's just like one day this older lady called at the bookstore, and I was talking to her, and she said. Oh, uh, you have a very interesting accent. I said, yes, I do. Uh, and said, so what are you, uh, what are you? I said, I'm Indian. And so she, and I could just tell in her voice that was, she was so honestly being sincere. She, she just asked me, so are you uh, casino Indian or are you pro <laughs> computer programming Indian. I was like, oh, I'm, I said, I, I said to her, I'm computer programming Indian. Oh, I see. You're very helpful. So it was just like, you know, but it was, I couldn't take it personally. It was just like, she said it in a such a sincere and genuine way that it was just like, oh, okay. Okay. This is no, there's no malice here. You know, there, no malice, right. No, there, there was no malice, you know, just like, you know, and most of us actually operate through from what through uh, sort of the through what we know. I think that's the best way to put it. So, yeah, but thank you. You know, just thank you. Thank you for your presence. And whenever you do come, uh, it's it's always good to see you and we have a good conversation. It just feeds me to feeds my soul to see um, that I have to read more Dharma, <laughs> read more Buddhist texts. Yes, thank you. Yes, Dave. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that Dan's point about, you know, making a, a some deep conversation and, and and you focusing on the light bulb reminds me of uh, some of you may have seen in the dewdrop recently Vanessa was talking about a Billy Collins poem that she and I had been discussing mm -hmm. and it was about shoveling snow with the Buddha and and he talks about how he makes all these remarks to the Buddha about you know you you're living in the moment and all this stuff and the Buddha just keeps on shoveling the snow and just sort of it's like you, you don't live in the moment just by talking about it. You live in the moment by living in the moment. It, it's a wonderful poem. If any of you haven't uh, read that issue of The Dewdrop, I highly recommend it. Uh, what poem is that, Dave? I think it's just called Shoveling Snow with the Buddha. But if you go oh, back okay. a few episodes in uh, The Dewdrop, okay. uh, okay. you'll find I'll it. I'll look into it. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely look into it. Uh, that's nice. That's nice. 
Hi, Megan. I just want to say I appreciate your presence at the Zendo. Like it's just like taking care of things and taking care of us when we're taking care of things. And it's a nice calming presence. And I appreciate that. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I appreciate everybody who comes to the Zendo and helps out, you know. I've just gotten to the point uh, where there's no sort of expectations or no um, sort of habitual expectations, more like anything else. So whoever shows up, I'm I'm really thankful to them. It's really nice when people come and help. Yeah. Yeah. We had 19 people. 20 people. 20 people. This uh, Lee did a recount uh, <laughs> for the Zendo cleaning. So, except for, I think, the outside, I think everything got clean. Some of the, some of the tools, I think most of the tools in the Zendo, in the attic got uh, um, sort of sorted out and labeled too. And uh, things are in a much more approachable, well, approachable place now, up even in the attic. So it'll be good. It's been a really good, it was a good work day that we had. Yeah. But I do dedicate my talk to that lock that we lost on Sunday. It was just like this old lock. And I had memorized the combo for and and suddenly it was gone and I was thinking this is interesting. Now I have to memorize a new lock combo so that <laughs> things change. Things change. Everything changes. Oh, hi, Philip. Yes. Thank you for your talk. I, I wanted to follow up on what uh, Megan said that uh, I heard someone too express uh, such appreciation for uh, your presence as, as work leader on, uh, I forget if it was on a Saturday, I guess it must have been, but um, just how they felt uh, encouraged and uh, watched over in, in a good way. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, uh, you know, if that little bit of an effort on my part helps somebody, that's great. You know, that's all I can do is be there for everyone and take care of things and just, you know, whatever I can do, I do. Yeah. And somebody shows up and says to me, I, I would love to do this. So please go ahead, do it. I, I really would love for people to mm -hmm. take charge on things and, and do things. And it's really good when people take charge. And I have been telling people I can't do all this alone. I do need help. So I've started asking for help more and more these days. 
And I wanted to say thank you for uh, the coffee, by the way, for the Sunday cleaning. Uh, it was really nice of you to do that for us. You sent coffee through Starbucks. Yeah. Thank Glad you. To do that. Thank you. I was struck when I first started coming to the Zendo, not uh, online, uh, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, that uh, it's kind of getting used to the questions that people were asking or, or trying to figure out exactly yeah. what the etiquette was or whatever about asking questions. And uh, your questions were always so real. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, they, they, uh, it's like you were engaged in uh, in your life and in in our uh our our life in a, in a broader sense uh and asking the questions that they they weren't uh like mine some sometimes are kind of so sourced in your head <laughs> <laughs> rather uh in in the uh the phenomena of your your life yeah that was really uh I don't know, maybe Dan said something like that, but that it was it's very, very, very alive. Yeah. Oh, it just, it's interesting. Life is interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you for. Thank you. Our priest and teacher. <laughs> thank you. Sorry. Hey, David. I'm sorry this evening that I am so far away. <laughs> I would like to listen to your talk in person. Oh, okay. Uh, well, well, what's what's evoked in me is uh, is almost uh, an uh, an Oriental idea of reverence for the ancestors. Oh. Because as I listen to you, all all I have impressions, not exact memories, but impressions of all of those same phenomena and feelings about the old Kanando, mm. the the reverence for the person who shows up all the time, the work in the garden, the constant cleaning of the driveway, of the walkway, um, lots of shoveling of dirt. Um, yeah. Those those kind of activities were all taking place at the old Kanando. So in a way, there's a, a genealogy <laughs> of the practice that's moved into the new building. Yeah, that that was existing already in in the old building. So some fond memories, not exactly memories, that they're impressions or memories of impressions rather than specific episodes. Yeah. There is, yeah, thank you. Did you, were you gonna say anything more? 
or did I cut you off? I'm well, sorry. I just said it's very sweet. <laughs> That's oh, it. Yeah. Uh, so um, when I was growing up, um, it was just like if my uh, mother got angry at me and said something harsh to me and I was sad and I went to class. This was in elementary school and um, um, the, I, the teacher would say, what happened? And I would tell her that this is what happened. You know, I didn't do the work. And so, um, so she would call my mother and actually talk to her. And in the Eastern tradition, it's like the status of the parents is lower than that of your teacher. So if the teacher says something to your parents, they, your parents actually have to listen to the teacher. Uh, you know, and it's, it's just a very strange sort of way of doing things. It's like the teachers have a, a sort of upper hand on that. So if I would have problems with the schoolwork or anything, the teacher would actually hold me back and she would actually sit down with me and show me how to do things. So, yeah, so what you're saying is true that, you know, in the Eastern traditions, it's just a different way of doing things. And that uh, teachers are given and anything the teacher would say got overridden for me uh, over what my parents had said. So it was just, it was just this old, it comes from this old lineage of teachers and uh, that's what it is. And cleaning, yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes, you know, we're walking down the path and Canando on the path and Lee and I will be walking and she'll go ahead and reach down and pull out a weed. And then I'll look for something and say, oh, you know, this fell down or that fell down or the, there's too much fruit here. Let's, you know, gather the fruit and uh, put it put it aside so people can take it away. But um, the strangest thing throughout the rains was that we had a pile of, uh, what is it? Grapefruit. grapefruit. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, pomelos, right? Pomelos, yeah. Oh, yeah, pomelos and grapefruit that was sitting on the table. The wind came by and knocked the magnets off the bulletin board outside the zendo, but the, the fruit was just sitting there in a little pyramid in the courtyard and it hadn't moved. And I was like, this is fascinating that the wind can knock down things like that, but it leaves the fruit alone. Well, it's amazing, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yes, Philip. Who was your favorite filmmaker when you were making movies? Mm, good question. Uh, Akira Kurosawa and Satyajit Ray, and also Nicholas Ray. So, uh, Rebel Without a Cause, and. Uh, so Rashomon is one of my favorite movies because it all every time I go and watch it, it leaves me 
confused and in a conundrum and uh, you know rebel without a cause was great and uh, uh, the apu tri- trilogy by satya jitra is just fascinating to me yeah this absolutely fascinating yeah yes dave well just speaking of uh favorite filmmakers uh your discussion about uh, the past and how we carry all that stuff around with us Reminds me of a wonderful scene that's always stuck in my mind from many, many years ago, seeing the uh, Luis Bunuel film, Un Chien Andalou, the Andalusian dog. There's a wonderful scene in there where a man is just trying to get across to the other side of the room, but he's got these two ropes strapped across his shoulders. As the camera pans back, you can see these ropes are part of a giant net that has all of this stuff from his past tangled up in it. And it just gets more and more absurd. There's a piano and a dead horse and just all of this stuff. And he can't get across the room because he's pulling all of this stuff with him. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. He yeah he was he was just fascinating. Bunuel was just like, you know, absolutely fascinating. Very confusing sometimes, but very <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, very confusing. I think he did that Anshan Andalu with Dali. Dali was also a part of that. So yeah, the two very um, people with very big ideas who were trying to, you know, yeah. And just trying to push big ideas in through a eye of a needle, sort of. So just like I don't know, it just seems like that way. Yeah, very good. We've been speaking about films. I'm, I'm wondering if we might think about in the future bringing back our movies Saturdays. Um, do you remember when we did that a few times? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times you find such meaning in film and you'll come on during breakfast on a Saturday and say, oh, we saw this film and you seem to take meaning and teachings from the films that you watch. And I thought that was really enriching when we had those Saturday afternoon films and and discussions. Yeah, it was interesting because when I was reading this, sitting down to write this talk with uh, there's that, uh, you know, I saw that movie Kundan. What was it, Kundan? No, Seven Years in Tibet. And uh, there's a scene uh, where um, where the German character, the German uh, protagonist played by Brad Pitt goes and says to the Dalai Lama, 
that you are my salvation and he said the he says he quotes him a line from the buddha says the your salvation does not come from the sight of me but rather it comes from saving yourself comes from your own you by yourself making a diligent effort and i was like wow that was like really you know he he was saying yes so he was saying i'm not your salvation though that's what dalai lama was saying you have to be your own salvation you have to make the effort you have to do this and this is where i've seen that movie it stayed with me and so that quote sort of stayed with me and so that's what this came out of yeah sometimes things strike strike up things and it just it does that you know yeah. Teaching is everywhere. If you're open. Yeah. 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 So just no. So people people do what they can and go wherever they can make a difference. So if there are no more questions, shall we call it a night? We could. Okay. This talk was brought to you by the Canando Zen Meditation Center in Mountain View, California. For more information or to support this podcast, go to canando.org. That's K-A-N-N-O-N-D-O dot O-R-G.